I have seen people come into games like Baldur's Gate or, you know, like this kind of a game where they'll come into the community and be and demand the developers make a uh, a non-turn-based mode or like a real-time mode of the game. I'm just like, no. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 447 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the miscellaneous programmer. I'm Sam and I'm the artist. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today's December dozen. 20 Jubilee. Dozen, 12, 12? Yes, nice. 12, 12, 23. Uh, before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be profanity in this show. Swear words, curse words, you name it, we've got them. we got a whole trench coat full of them. It's creepy. We're in an alley with just covered in swears. Yep. Okay? So get ready for that. Uh, we'd also like to uh, thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Thank you very much for your recurring donations to help keep the podcast going. Now, we got a lot of stuff to cover today. Okay. First off, this is the last episode of 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally we do kind of like a year in review kind of around this time, but we're going to, we're going to actually save that for the first episode of, of the, the new, new year. year. Yeah. That's going to be, different. um, mostly because we forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the sign of the times, you know, and you know, this year sort of just went by real fast and, uh, then the end really snuck up on us. I thought mm-hmm. it was June, you know, Is it June. Yeah. I thought it was, thought it was June. June and I, I missed a beat there. Yeah, it was just so, the whole time. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll do all that uh, next episode, and also the next episode will be when we name the new year and evaluate whether twenty twenty three lived up to its name. Twenty two, believe it's a big one. Yeah, so I guess it does mean your name ideas you can throw. Yeah, in. you've got some time. So go head over to the to the Discord and go to the podcast channel and say, hey, here's a name. Here's a name for twenty twenty four. Yeah, we need names. The general rule, yeah, the general rule is that it has to be some kind of weird, dumb rhyme. That's sort of that's where we're at, you know. Yeah. So yeah, we want to set the some way. We want to set the stage. Either either a predictive name or a goal oriented name. You know, this is what we think is going to happen, or this is what we want to happen, or this is how, uh, or this is how we think. You know, posit- positively, we should focus our efforts or brains or whatever. Yeah. So think about it. Think about what you want 2024 20, to be like. Let us know at the at the question section at podcast.bscotch.net. 2024. I hope it's not a bore. Mm-hmm. Or we're, actually- We're already getting started. Maybe I hope it is. It'd be kind of nice. I kind of- It'd be boring. nice if it was a little boring. Yeah. Shit's been too not boring nice, for a while. It'd be nice if you checked the news and you were like, nice. Yeah. Literally nothing happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just carry, carry it on. <laughs> uh, all right. So- First off, I got I got a little I got a little story right, about something that happened in my life uh, recently, which is automation r- r- gone awry. Mm. Okay, so many many moons ago, back in 2016, uh, I got a house and the studio moved into my basement. So we were operating out of the basement of my house, and as a result, we we had the studio be the account owner for the internet. At my house. Because we got business internet, right? Yeah. Like business internet is different. What business internet means is 
they let you upload stuff. If you're on residential, they throttle your upload speed down to like one megabyte per second. They basically try to prevent you from running like a web server in your own house. That's (laughs) kind of the idea. Yeah. So, you know, it is a residential address, but it's fine. They just like, they just check the box in their system. It's like, oh, this is a business. We'll let them upload shit. Right. Uh, So we had, we had a business account with charter and we had everything going on in the basement. As I recall, you well, could only you couldn't uncheck the box though, right? Once it was checked. Well, this is this is where things <laughs> went started going weird. So it, we eventually moved to an office at, at the what like CT Center for Emerging Technologies. Building. Was it, it was yeah, like mid twenty seventeen or twenty eight something? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. So after a couple of years, it's like okay. We're moving out of the basement. Yeah, we were in your basement for a year and a half, and then we were in the office for a year and a half before COVID hit. So I'm like, oh, man, I got to switch this business internet over to residential. So I call Charter, and I'm like, hey, Charter buddies, uh, all I need you you to do is shut down this business account at my address and open up a non-business account at Mm -hmm. this address. And they were like, whoa. Oh, Jesus. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) So- after about three weeks of phone calls back and forth, they were finally like, all right, we don't know how to do that. So we're just going to like uh, pause the business account. It's not active. It's not billing. It's, there's no internet, but it's still there and it's still attached to your address. But we, we don't know how to get it off of there. I was like, uh, all right. So they opened, up my, they opened up my personal thing, my personal account, but the business account still exists, right? So now I've got two different fucking internet accounts at the same address, and they use the address to look up account information, right? So then every time I talked to them from that point forward, they had no fucking idea what was going on because they couldn't figure out how to get my account up because it always defaulted to the business one, <laughs> okay? So that was like the start of my journey. At some point, I was like, God, I'm so tired of these people because they also kept sending me emails saying, hey, you got to you gotta pay your bill for this business account. Here's, you owe us zero dollars. You got to come <laughs> pay it. And I, so I would go and I'd be like, what the fuck is this? So I'd go to their website and I look and it, just to double check, and they're like, yep, your account balance is zero dollars. Amount owed zero dollars. Your bill is past due. And I was like, I don't know how to pay that, right? Did you like, ever try you- <laughs> to pay it just to see what I happened. did, and they wouldn't, they won't let you put zero in the, in the box, <laughs> yeah, you know? Sense. Like, you can't, you can't, do a zero dollar transaction. How, why, why, why would that be a thing? So they kept, every few months they would send me a thing saying, you owe us no money, please pay it. Uh, and I'd be like, I did, I did, I, did, I, can't. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I am. I'm continuously paying you no money all, all, <laughs> all the time. Uh, so eventually I was like, I just need to get, I need to get out of this toxic relationship. Switched over to AT&T, got myself a fiber connection with, you know, thousand megabyte upload and download. Oh, for the same price, oddly, mm-hmm. as as one-fifth of the speed before. So great improvement. Kind of forgot about it. But I kept getting those emails every now and then where they're like, hey, pay us. Pay us zero dollars. <laughs> so I thought there's – I mean, obviously, this is just some kind of stupid-ass glitch in their right. billing software where they, they, they must have something decoupled where an account being closed and settled – is not the same as it not owing you any money. Those must be two separate, right. like, caches that they have. And so somehow my account landed in the, you don't owe us any money, but also you haven't finished paying us. I would, check I boxes. would bet. So when you're dealing with, this, this is a, it, this is kind of a fun data problem, right? Because if you're dealing with currency, 
right? But the way that you're supposed to do it is like in any kind of database that exists out there, there's a particular kind of a number type that you store it as, which is called like, it's called decimal, right? Or, or there, or there are, can be specific currency types too. But the whole idea is that they, they're, they're designed to do really accurate math while holding on to do two decimal positions, right? Yeah. It works like money works as opposed works to like money works. Like three you don't decimals. have partial cents. Right? Four decimals. Decimals. Nobody gets out a potato peeler and shaves off the edge of a penny for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, <laughs> yeah. And there's a, and like, there's a reason that you do this because if you don't do it this way, then rounding errors can create, can cause money to disappear or appear. That doesn't actually, as, exist, as we've right? seen in the movie office space. Exactly like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but like, but if the person who was putting this all together wasn't aware of this fact and just like went for more of a standard kind of a float field. So float, mm-hmm. meaning floating point is in the decimal could be somewhere in the number, right? Yep. Uh, those, that a floating point number, its whole thing is like, eh, close enough math, right? That's, a, that's the design of that kind of number. And so when you're seeing, like they send you, hey, you got 0.00. That's my bad. Balance, right? What they're actually showing you is a stringified, you know, a text version of that number. The first three. They're showing you, yeah, showing you the first two parts after the decimal, but there could be stuff after that, right? Yeah, it's that's what I was thinking. It's possible that I owe them less than one penny and they've never shown that to me and you can't type that in when you're paying them, yeah. you know? And so- they, I owe them an amount of money that neither they nor I can see, <laughs> right? Uh, and such an infinitesimally small amount that it shouldn't matter, but computer, right? Computer doesn't, a number's a number, right? Yep. So this, this, this kept happening. And eventually, just this past week, so this has been going on for six years, right? So just this past week, I got a, a letter from a debt collection agency. Where Charter, did, they did this thing, which, you know, this is like what a lot of businesses do. They have large numbers of clients. Uh, they will bundle unpaid balances together and they'll sell those off to a debt collection agency at a huge discount. So the debt collection agency will say like, well, if I can recover like 5% of these, then that's good. So I'll give, I'll pay you like 2% of the value of the debt in this bundle and then I'll go collect and it. And it's my right. problem to go harass people. Now it's my problem, right? So that so that, that way at the very least, like a company can sort of write off some like a, a bunch of that debt as a loss and then they can get a little bit of money back, right? So so my zero dollar balance account got bundled <laughs> in and sold off to a debt collection agency who is who now coming also after me. has automated systems that who somehow also has automated systems. <laughs> can't take into account zero. Yeah. So I got a letter from the debt collection agency this week saying that if I don't pay them or, or, or already, they're charging me $37 in fees for not paying them zero dollars. <laughs> Absolutely. Out of control. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, they the funny part was they literally sent me, they broke down the amounts, right? They're like, amount you owe, $0. Amount of interest accrued to date, $0. Amount you have paid, $0. Fees, $37. Mm-hmm. Amount you now owe, $37. <laughs> so, at so least I, it won't keep making, at least the interest won't keep going up while they yep. try to sort this out. Well, now that there's a fee on there, now it will. Now they'll be probably put, right. they'll they'll put they, interest on the fee. But they, yeah, as long as they don't put interest on the fee, because of course we do that, now there's a problem. So not it's not zero. Yeah. I mean, this, this takes me back to the time when I tried to close a Wells Fargo credit card. Oh my God, yeah. Where you have to have zero dollars in there in order to close the account. But if you have, or no, 
no checking account. If you have zero dollars, they will tr- they will f- give you a fee for not having money, yep. they, which is apparently a thing banks do. If you have zero dollars in a checking account, they will charge you like 10 bucks. So now you have negative money in the checking account. And so whenever I would zero it out, I'd be waiting for them to confirm that it was zeroed out. And then when, when I would look at it again, it would have a negative ba- – so I, I had to do this <laughs> – I do this like six different times. I just keep giving them ten dollars and like just be like refreshing the page, trying, trying to watch to for what it is. Zero. <laughs> what the uh, fuck is what this? Is that? It is. Uh, yeah, I, I none of my stories were nearly that bad for this financial stuff, but I still, I, I still have a. I don't know, what is it? I I had an account a while ago back when I lived in Texas um, for some kind of just trading, you know, some kind of stock trading company. Mm-hmm. I never had that much in there, but at some point I wanted to close it out and move to a different company. So I did, or at least I thought I did. And then I discovered later that even though I went through the process of close, like I went through the closing process where like as part of the closing process, like they route all the cash in there somewhere else and all this kind of stuff. Right. So I went through the process and the end of it, it was like, oh, your account's closed. Right. And it turned out though, that it wasn't because they had managed to leave three cents behind. Right. And so they <laughs> so they couldn't close the account. But of course I'm looking at it, I'm like, I don't give just a shit take there's three just cents. Take there. the three yeah, cents. You could just have it and close it, but also it is not worth my time. Go, to deal go with buy this. yourself something nice. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. so I, that account still exists to this day of just an account somewhere with three cents in it, uh, because it's not worth my time to try to actually close it. That's very literally it's not worth your time. Right. Yeah, That's so why you would see yeah. that just, the just fact that cents. I just thought about it right now is a waste of time. You've already lost three cents <laughs> just thinking about it. Yeah. So that, you know, but this is kind of like, it just, it just shows you, it shows you the kind of gaps that happen when you have fully automated systems with no, over, no human oversight throughout the process. Right. And because large institutions where nobody involved knows, has, has any way to deal with what the system is doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or their only ways to deal with it is just whatever the, the automated system allows them to, to trigger. Right. Yeah. So in the case of like me trying to close this, Charter business account, you know, if this was just like books, so it'd be like, sure. And they would just like cross out, (laughs) cross out my account. Right. But Mm -hmm. because it's part of this giant automated system that has a strong opinion about what it means to have an address and an account. Right. And like everything's intrinsically connected. And so when they tried to just like change one account type to another account type, that was not something they'd ever planned Mm -hmm. for, I guess. And then, you know, this whole, this whole thing happens. So, but it's like, yeah, if at any point, any, any person looked at, just looked at what was going on where I'm being sent constant bills for $0. And then that money gets <laughs> sold to a debt collection agency. There's like, whenever, when they, when they are bundling their debts together, they don't check the balances Apparently. when the debt, well, they don't the check debt the, collector, they presumably they have a, it's probably like in a fucking spreadsheet. Right. And so probably somebody sums their columns to be like, okay, this is worth, you know, X thousand dollars. I don't think a person does it. I bet. I bet it just, does it, yeah. it grabs it's just everybody bundled. from the system who is who has bills over some for some amount of time. And yeah, then but they it just doesn't, say, yeah, they don't do any kind of a check for what the numbers right. are that are in there. They don't crazy. do that when they're bundling. And then the debt collector doesn't check that when they're buying. That's and what also, then, but that's what me. Yeah, when they go to collect it, they're not like, is there anything to collect? Because they're again, they're just Should looking at the total amount, which know. is fine, right? I but wonder then, if it's also because because another thing that happens with these kinds of systems, right, is you can have things that are trigger based, right? As in, like, because the question is, when do you check if it's zero dollars, right? Because typically, what you'll do is you'll look at when somebody's going to pay something. Actually, when somebody does pay something, right? And then you ask after they've paid, is the balance mm-hmm. now zero dollars? And if so, cascade a bunch of things, right? 
But but when do you ask that, right? Because if their system, I, I can think their of system one time. probably doesn't ask when the first when the number comes. I mean, it should. I'm not saying it should. Well, I'm saying uh, maybe one time to check would be when you're about to email that person. That's a good time to do and it. tell them there, they owe a, you money. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of good times to do it. But I, it's, it's, to me, the kind of fun thing about these, once you get over all well, the frustration and as long as they don't destroy your life, you know, is they give you a peek into how their systems work, right? Because you're like, what oh, would totally. have to be true? For this to turn out this way, and like, and there's a whole bunch of really interesting, sort of uh, computer sciencey things, and then organizational things that would have to be true, right, to get you to this point. That are just all kind of like a fascinating look into these systems and how they're designed and how poorly they're designed. Mm-hmm. Well, e- either those things are true, or every person in the chain is either incredibly dumb or doesn't give a fuck. Those would be the, those would be the two possible things, or right? both. Or, or or just all those things. All those things are true. Or structurally, he's not allowed to give a fuck, which would probably be my guess, too. I think that's the main yeah. thing, yeah. Because if, yeah. if, you, if you try to call a customer service rep to be like, hey, I have a bill for $0 that keeps coming up, they're not going to be able they to solve the problem. They don't have the tools to solve because that. It's, again, yeah, if it's, it's a, a bug. If it's a bug in the software code, who the fuck do you talk to now? About no one. You don't get to go talk yeah. to someone. <laughs> call up the CTO of Charter be like, yo, he got this weird for $0. Yeah. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty fun. That's a fun fun way to end out the year. I'm it's, sure it's fine. It's referred to as the curse of automation, right? It's the whole idea. It's like automated systems are great for saving time, saving energy, but they can they, only do exactly what you tell. Well, them actually, to do. we've been yeah. dealing, we've been talking about this recently because we're 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 not kind of in a new realm of questions too, where we need to be able to spin off builds that we deliver outside of the studio, right? And for that to work, we have to be able to freeze development on a branch of what we're doing. So that the rest of development can continue while we finalize what's going on for that deliverable, right? So, so we're getting ready to start localization. There's like final rounds of QA and all this kind of stuff because we don't want stuff to be also changing while we're trying to lock it down and be like, no, this is good to go. So we just dealt with this this past week where we're trying to make a build for somebody. We every time we go through QA, you know, because there's a delay, right? So like half a day later, we'd be like, oh shit, we found some bugs. So to fix the bugs, we have to go make changes. But we've already made other changes, so that those have to go through QA again, right? Changes so, that were not necessarily it. intended to go to in the build. For yeah, exactly. Person, just like so, so like, so, so we have to like we have to solve this problem of you know, dealing with branches and stuff. And so Seth and I have been going back and forth trying to figure out how to handle various new aspects of this problem that have been introduced because we have the game changer now. And so we have the separation of code and content, and each one's being versioned separately. And the whole thing is just very it's, difficult. Well, right? yeah, we, we solved it for Levelhead, but now we just have a whole bunch of new tech. Yeah, now there's like, it's like, the, it's like yeah. the same problem, but the same problem three times. Right? Three times. Yeah. <laughs> so that we're just trying to figure out how to make it all work. So as we're talking through this, the whole thing that keeps coming up again is like most of the time, the vast majority of the time, the behavior we want is X, right? But there will be occasions where that isn't what we want. So yeah. if we automate it fully so that X always happens and those occasions come up, we're Fine. toast. We just yep. we're toast. <laughs> and so, so much of what we've been doing as we're designing this thing is figuring out what does it mean to automate this given that we need flexibility to be able to manage these edge cases that will come up, right? And that's one of the hardest problems in these kinds of design things is there's like, there's the golden path. And usually the golden path, even for pretty complicated problems, is relatively straightforward to design. It's the other stuff. It's all the other stuff. (laughs) And like, and the the problem with these really big institutions is they need everything to be like fully automated, right? Yeah. And so this is why it's always so fucking frustrating when you interact with those systems, because they're all designed for the golden path because everything else is... For, for them, like the, the sheer number of edge cases they have to deal with is just yes. unimaginable, you know? 
And so they just kind of don't. And then they make yep. that your problem. Well, I just think, you know, like what also like what's the consequence to them if they send me a bill for zero dollars and, and eventually sell it to a debt collection agency? You know, like yeah, they're just wasting your time, basically. Yeah, they don't really lose anything mm-hmm. by by doing this. And like they're not even losing customer support time because they're not going to answer my call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah. So there's a, there's also a weird incentives alignment thing, which is like, yeah, you you may have edge cases, but if those edge cases end up hitting someone other than you, yep. maybe you'll just yeah, okay. ignore them. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about some stuff going on in the games industry. Mm. So, Sam, you've got a nail a nail or whiff uh, review for against the storm. Yes. Without a question, let's mark. hear about it. It's against yeah, the I storm. I don't know the game, so yeah, yeah. I've, I managed to somehow not even hear of it. So I saw it on Steam a, a while back, um, but it's basically, it's it looks like a, I thought it was more like an RTS, real-time strategy game, mm-hmm. um, even though it says like it's a city builder, right? But it looks yeah. like the way there's so many people moving around and stuff that it seemed to be, and you're like clearing forests and things like that. And I thought it, for some reason, just kind of felt like an art, it looks like a Starcrafty, Warcrafty sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw it and I was like, that looks, it looks interesting. And it's got like a weird fantasy theme to it. Where essentially it's like the world, it's kind of like post-apocalyptia in like a fantasy universe. And there's this storm that is just constantly happening, just constantly. And it sort of ebbs and flows over the course of time. So sometimes it's sunny out, basically it's sunny out a quarter of the time. And then the rest of the time you're basically trying to keep a hearth going so your people don't lose hope and and leave your encampment, Mm. right? Okay. But what's fascinating about it, the reason I want to bring it up is one, they nailed it. And what they nailed, though, took me a second to figure out because okay. I've never seen it before. It is a city builder. Okay. The whole point, what is a city builder? The whole point is like, it's kind of like almost like Factorio, but with infrastructure of just and like civil civilian populations, right? Where what you're trying to do is set up, uh, set up like a kind of a, almost like an ecosystem made out of, you know, buildings and people that is able to do certain things, produce certain goods, um, you know, maybe produce people who can go explore into certain areas, whatever. So that's like in a city builder context, like that's kind of what, how I think about it. It's resource I like that framing. It's like you're building an organism. Yeah, you're basically building an organism, but it's a city, right? Yeah. And so figuring out what capabilities it needs to meet whatever uh, objectives you have is kind of always the, the thing about city builders. I personally have never enjoyed city builders. Ne- I'm not really, you know, I don't play cities, Skyline, I don't play any of those things. Um, I always find them a bit more tedious and too open in the sense of like, I don't know what I'm doing this for. You know what I mean? I need some mm-hmm. purpose. So what's fascinating about this is uh, the design is brilliant, okay? Like brilliant. Because what they do is they basically marry that that core idea of like a city builder, which it really is kind of like crafting an organism piece by piece that could do a certain thing with like a roguelike progression system where essentially every few minutes you get a directive from like the essentially the queen. It's almost like paying tribute back to like a, you know, an empire thing. Mm -hmm. You you get sent out to establish a colony and then every few minutes you get an objective from the queen, but you can choose which objective it is. So they might be like, hey, just give us like 50 pieces of wood in exchange. The queen will send you this stuff. Or you can choose like make it so that your people, your humans are like really happy for like at least a minute. Or something like that. And then you'll get so these then, So then the choices you have are essentially randomized as you go. Yes. Like a like a deck builder roguelike. It's or like whatever. a deck builder roguelike. Yeah. And then as a result yeah. of completing those objectives, then you get to choose a new kind of building. The new buildings mm-hmm. might offer new services for your people. So like a tea house, for example, that 
a certain kind of your people might really enjoy it that meets their needs for like entertainment, whatever else, keep them happier. So they don't fucking bounce out of your camp when, you know, it gets dark. And then, or they might offer you like a lumber mill, which can produce a bunch of different things. And one of those things is a thing that then in your next objective that comes down is one of the options, right? Of a thing you can choose to do. So you end up, you're essentially tailoring this community to fit these objectives that you are choosing, right? So you're sort of like, it's like a, a call and response thing where you pick a building, uh, a new new objective suite comes in. You pick which objective you're like. I think I could. Like, I think I could do that one. That seems good. And then mm-hmm. your goal is basically to get enough reputation by by clearing these objectives as well as doing stuff in the world that essentially the the queen recalls you and is like, all right, time for you know, good job, time for another one, right? Somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So you're basically setting up these little communities, and it's like the design is really good. I haven't had a game like this where it like it gets that sort of brain hooks in you thing where I, I sat down to play it and I was like, Google set an alarm for, you know, um, like 40 minutes, alarm goes off suddenly. And then when I look up, cause I was like, okay, let me just wrap this up. Another 40 minutes. <laughs> I haven't had one of those in a while where like, once yeah. you get into it, it just, there's so many things to little, like to optimize to do and choose and all that stuff. It's really, it's very well done. Uh, it's on yeah, I'm looking Pass. at the I'm looking at the trailer. Right I think I'm gonna play this over the. What it's over really well on Steam Deck, or because RTS uh, just, things typically don't because they're. It's on Game Pass. Um, well, again, because it's not an RTS. That's actually yeah, I think it'll actually work on a controller better because okay. it's really all about it's like menu navigation and stuff, and then like putting buildings down. But you're not really mm-hmm. doing like it's not about it's micro. Not, it's not quick <laughs> micromanagement of yeah, yeah, yeah. combat yeah. scenarios. It's or, more like or micromanagement whatever. of an if an economy. If that makes sense, yeah. but where you're directing the whole thing, so it's, and so it's not super time sensitive kinds of. You can pause time whenever you want. So I like yeah, okay. a lot of the game I play pause and then it's at three x speed. So it's 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 like a yeah, yeah. it's it's very good. It's I haven't seen something like it where that that blend was very surprising and is super effective and like gave me some some interesting ideas for how you could do like a almost like a crafting sort of a roguelike yeah. thing. Which I think once you play it, you'll be able to see what I'm what I'm thinking about. But I highly recommend it. Be wary of your type though, because it will against be, the storm. Against storm. The storm. Yeah, I love good. the ability to. It makes me think of FTL, you know, where it's like oh, it's like a co- it's a combat game, right? Yep. But you could just pause. You just fucking pause it, and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna put a plan together. And you pause, and you look around and think about it. You know, like I just I, I love that way of doing things rather than being like rather than the game being how fast can you come up with a solution while yep. the consequences are unfolding. You know, it's just, just yeah, that's, vibe. I feel like, I feel like that's why why Baldur's Gate did so well is because like it's very complicated. Yeah. But but you can take but your you time. Can, you can take all the time you need, right? Yeah. Like there have been so many times where where I'll be I'll be entering a, a space and then suddenly, oh, combat. Like things are attacking me. And then I can just I'd be like, okay, hold oh, hold the fuck on. Yeah. And then I just start, I just start looking around and I'm like, wow, this is I'm in a bad spot. Well, and I can, like, I can this stand up too. and walk around for a while. <laughs> yeah, because like in this so in this game, you're basically clearing these little chunks of forest into these glades that you can't see what's in them until yeah. you like sort of bust your way in, right? And when they open Sometimes there's like a bad thing in there that you essentially have to meet certain, you could choose two options, but you could have to meet it with certain resources or like people requirements so that they can go take care of it. And if you don't, if you don't like solve whatever this problem is, like one of them's like a fishman cave, like the fishmen are coming out and putting totems down and like fucking with you. Um, if yep. you don't finish it before like a certain amount of total time, then uh, total game time, then bad things happen. But you could, again, you could just pause. So you'd be like, oh fuck, I need this thing that I literally don't, have not made any of. Do I have any buildings I can make it? And it's like, oh, there's one over there. The UI is great. Right. The UX is great. So while you're kind of strategizing and thinking about what to do, you can just you just pause, get the whole lay of the land, and figure things yeah. out. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's yeah, that's a really great kind of like accessibility thing as well. 
Oh, know? totally. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't be a blitz. Cool. If this game is actually in real time, no way. That would die. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have seen people come into games like Baldur's Gate or, you know, like this kind of a game where they'll come into the community and be and demand the developers make a uh, a non-turn-based mode or like a real-time mode of the game. I'm just like, what no. the fuck are you talking about? It's, a, it's as real-time as you want it to be, you know? Yeah, so. you could leave it real-time if you want. So that yeah, sounds just, like uh, a skill issue. Sounds like a skill issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, now, one more game we need to talk about this week is The Day Before. Oh, I was going to say, do we need to talk about it? Because, you know. It's just so interesting. Yeah, a- so I don't have the full scope of what happened, but I think you guys have a better sense of it. So I'll- I think between the two of us, Adam can rub the story. Adam, I can rub the story into existence. Yeah, I think that okay. the core of it is that this game popped up on Steam called The Day Before. It's a zombie zombie apocalypse MMO, at least build us that. It looks, frankly, kind of like all the other ones that you've ever seen in your life. But for some reason, everyone was like, oh, my God, the game gets wishlisted, top wishlisted game on Steam. Yeah, they were on top charts when they first laid it on Steam for uh, when their store page went up and all this kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Yeah, just like heavily, heavily wishlisted. But the whole time. Everything everything coming out about the game and from the developer was just fucking weird. It was just so weird. Yeah, it's like genuinely suspicious. strange. Yeah. Yeah, where you read the notes and stuff that are being put out and you're like, what? What does this even mean? Yeah, the, early even the, the language they're using is strange. Yeah. Yeah. And like in the beginning, there was some stuff where like their, their staff was all volunteers, except they had some full-time paid volunteers is how it was described. Like it's just like – Top what the bottom. fuck does that yeah. mean? <laughs> Top to bottom, fucking weird. Then they landed in this uh, trademark dispute with the name of their game uh, versus some app. A calendar app. A uh, calendar <laughs> app, I guess. Uh, and, uh, and so then they had to like go off of Steam for a while, and then eventually they finally came back. And so it, the whole thing was fucking weird, right? And then finally, they went to early access last week. Um and I still didn't even know – I didn't know that any of this would happen until yesterday when, when I just started seeing all of these articles about what had then happened next, which was that which was that the developer put out an announcement saying that they were now closing their studio, which is, which is weird because nobody closes their studio four days after they launched their title, right? Also, they've sold yeah. like thousands of copies. Important. Hundreds of like thousands. 200,000 yeah. or something? Yeah. So so according to what people pieced together based on what the developers said, based on stuff on Steam, et cetera, right? The best guess is they sold north of 200,000 units, which is a At lot 40 of bucks, units. Right? I think it's 40 bucks a pound. Something like that, yeah. So like they made infinite money off of it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, – but also it, it – Again, this is, it's hard to know like for sure what's real because all the numbers are locked behind Steam's walls, right? But but based on what the developer themselves said, and again, based on people's best guesses and everything else, they were instantly overwhelmingly negative in the reviews um, for not delivering oh, actually, on their promise, right? It released into early access. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. it released in early okay. access. Yeah. And then immediately And then immediately the closed. <laughs> after selling 200,000 units. But it turns out right. the refund rate Okay. Was forty six percent? They had ninety thousand refunds. Wow! Of those, so, wow, wow, wow! So this that's, is a, that's in a two hour. The first you got to do that in the first two, the two hours. hours. So this is yeah. so to me. This is an interesting. This is interesting for so many reasons because like everything that you look at. And of course, there's also hindsight, right? But like I didn't know anything about this game except I'd heard I'd heard some stuff about some weird stuff like earlier. Because on. I did I did know about it. I looked at it and I was like. There's no way that this is going to be anything good. Like, it just seems so apparent that this is yeah. 
I don't know what's going on, but it's fucking weird. But people were so fucking ready for it. Yeah. And we, we talk all the time about how just hard it is to like actually pull off making and selling a game to people, right? But the hardest part is actually the selling of the game normally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, here, they just got to sell the game. Like that wasn't a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Despite everything. That, so this is one of those like those weird because like there's always an edge case every time people are talking about, oh, here's the rules to how you're <laughs> successful, right? And this is like one of those like, just amazing edge cases where like as, as somebody who like is in the industry looking at this game, every signal you're getting is like, this will do nothing. nothing this is nothing is going to happen here, right? But instead, what happens is the top of the Steam charts before you know the moment the store goes live. It's being talked about constantly by all the biggest uh, news or news sources, right? The ones that we can't get to talk about our game ever, you know, like that. It's like that's the stuff that's happening, and all this weird. The the, the developers like constantly weird saying PR weird stuff. Yep. Yeah. So like, it's, so nothing like positive is actually happening. Right. And everything that's being delivered is like an, uh, is an under delivery of some promise. Right. Mm-hmm. The whole time. And the end result is it launches to early access and still sells 200,000 units when the whole time that that was true, they were seeing it overwhelmingly negative, right? And we're always, yes. for, we're constantly worried about our Steam reviews and our score. Like, and we saw there's No Man's Sky too, right? We're like, they still, a year after launch, they were overwhelmingly negative and they were still selling like 10,000 units a month, mm-hmm. right? And the thing is, Steam, according to Steam's algorithmic stuff and what they revealed about it, they say that they they do suppress games once they are negative or overwhelmingly negatively reviewed, right? Supposedly. Yeah. Like that's, they don't care if you're mixed or above. They're just like... Well, but, but suppressing a game that has several hundred thousand buyers in a few days, like, yeah. the suppression cannot possibly be so drastic as to counteract well, it that amount of right? movement. I mean, obviously, right? Yeah. And like, if, if I look at the, the trailer for this game and some of the screenshots and stuff, it's like, they did a really good job of of just aping trailers for AAA games. Yeah, totally. well, And also, right. the fa- and as you say that, they, in fact, they did such a good job that most of the critiques they had up until this time were about how they just literally stole the exact, like, beat-for-beat yeah. format of some, of, yeah. like, Call of Duty trailer or something, right? And, and that was just, like, true across the board. Like, everything they did, like, you could just, you could, like, find out in the world some AAA title that they just, like, yoinked that thing from, right? Um, yeah. So, like, so they did basically everything you're not supposed to do, everything, except have what looks like a hardcore zombie shooter, right? Yeah. Like, but also in this, in the, in the, they use the, the combination of genre keywords that are basically like the things that people buy on Steam, right? Yeah. It's like post-apocalyptic, survival, yep. MMO, open world, you know? Zombie shooter, yep. <laughs> zombie yep. shooter. Like, they're just like, yeah, just take all of the words that are associated with the genres and styles that sell the best, put those in a row in our description, make a trailer that looks like a AAA game, and then kind of regardless of what's in the game, yep. you're going to just sell 200,000. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. yeah, which is it's wild. And, and we see this on mobile with like those mobile ads, you know, that we've all seen where the mobile ad is some little game that you watch and or you even can play because of how cool ad technology is. just like, right? it's just random. It just has nothing to do with the game. And so then yep. you click through and go to the game and, as, and then you start playing it to figure out, to try like Where's get that? to the stuff that has that, that looked interesting and it's not even in there, right? And that's just allowed. That's just a thing you are allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's got the same vibe as that, but I just haven't seen that before on a no, PC game well, again, on Steam this, this with this level of exposure. Yeah, this is the same problem that I had with my debt collection, which is that a long time ago, Valve used to actually have people look at each game 
that was coming to Steam. As a developer, you would have to contact Valve and you say, hey, I want to put my game up on Steam. And they'd say, great, send us a demo and we will evaluate whether we think it's a good fit for our platform, right? I actually did this back in 2011, 11, I think yeah. it was. When I first was getting started, I was like, I've, I've made a little game. Let's see if, uh, see if... And the developer was like, nah, this piece of shit. I don't want this. <laughs> Which was the right call, you know? <laughs> so, so now, uh, and like there was a, that transition period where they had the the green light concept where like you would pitch your game to the, the Steam community. And that's how Crashlands got on there. That's how Crashlands got on there, yep. And then nowadays it's just, hey, give, give Valve $100. Is, is that right? I think it's still 100, 100 yeah, per game. $100 what's, and then you can launch your what's game. What's fascinating you know? about this though is that you do still have support, I mean, they do still have manual checks happening, at least with regards to like certain parts of the process. Like when you first put your store page up, it has to go through mm-hmm. a review on their side. Yeah, when you, but then playing the game. Well, when you when you get the build, when you basically have your your like go go to sale thing, your actual like the, you can actually buy a thing now. There's also a review step, and so this to me is like the the big the surprise to me because again the game has ninety one thousand refunds. Yeah. Yep. which is more refunds than most games ever have sales. Refunds are not free to process as a platform. Oh. Those are not free. They actually, That's they one of the things that goes money. into your 30% cut from Steam is like, is the cost to them of managing refunds and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so this, what's surprising to me about it is just that you actually, Steam does not want to have a store that has like essentially scams on it. Because the reality is that, one, it removes people's ability to trust stuff across the whole store, right? Which is really bad because people will be less likely to purchase stuff. But then, I mean, think, two, of all, think of all the reasons that when you think of mobile games, you mostly think of scams, right? Like that's yeah. – Steam that's is yeah. trying to not fall into that same camp. Yeah, But apparently not very hard in, though because I'm like, yeah. okay, so we're – there's no way. The whole industry is talking about how fucking weird the situation is. They do have to do a review step before if someone – at Steam, is basically what I'm saying. Somebody said, yeah, you can put this on sale. Mm-hmm. But they can't possibly be playing the game. But they you know, can't. Like, like, they, they literally no, they can't. Because the, there's the like, how many games come exist. out a day? The game, like, the game is real. You can play it. Right? But it, like, doesn't do what it says in the tin. Also, it, like, doesn't work. So I'm, I'm just, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, like, that, but that, well that's, that, that's probably where the disconnect is. Because, like, let's say somebody from Valve was like, all right, we got to review this game. They boot it up. And they're like, all right, well, it runs. It's definitely terrible, you know. But like it, it runs, and like we don't have a we don't have a, a mandate to never have bad games on Steam. No, there's well, lots of bad games on Steam, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not against their policy to have an absolute shitty piece of shit game. Mm-hmm. But uh, they there's a line though. I somewhere. have to wonder if there's a right. line there where they're like, this is this is so bad that we just can't do it, right? It's like too much of a risk. We would lose money on refunds and stuff, right? But they still probably so, made money because yeah, they would lose still, money because they yeah. Yeah, because like if if it was forty bucks a pop and they sold two hundred thousand units, oh, that'll cover the right? ninety one thousand chargebacks. Yeah, yeah Steam made what twenty million? That no, can't be right. Two hundred thousand dollars times ten is two million dollars. So about four million times four is if it was twenty bucks. Eight, I don't know how much eight it is. million dollars. So Steam just gets two million bucks, right? Yeah, I mean the incentives so like, are a little fucky. The incentives are localized. It's, it's what I'm saying is like in the broader scale, you do not want this happening on your store. Just straight up, like if you start, you know what I mean, like eroding. Looks bad. Yeah, it's just not. Honestly, I I don't think it matters. 
Like, people are going to be pissed off at the devs yep. who did this. They're going to generally be like, well, more greedy devs, devs, Steam devs, devs. lets them refund. You know? <laughs> right? So yeah. That's true. Yeah. Because, like, the conversation in the gaming community is always about the developers. Yeah. Like, nobody ever talks about the platforms. Yeah, that's true. Nobody nobody cares that Xbox let a bad game through. Well, I mean, it's fair because it's like, again, you know, your definition, what you like is not it. Like there's there's that problem with whole defining bad, but I think what's so strange about it is that is when there's very public knowledge and discourse around like how weird, like just a bunch of weird shit about this, and you do have these manual review checks where you're looking at what they say about the game. You do you can look at the game, and they are not the this is not they're not saying that they have what they have. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah, is there but not this, a responsibility? This is, this is where I was like, this is, this is just Steam, like my debt problem, right? Yeah, like, but, yeah. but Steam is also too to a huge extent avoided having to draw because because they because seems whole thing has been repeatedly they're like well yeah they try not to if we us. don't let x through it's because we have to have chosen a boundary and we don't want to be arbitrarily making those decisions and so for us to kick out this thing that obviously we want to kick out right we would have to be able to say exactly here's why and once we do that there may be other things that we actually don't want to kick out Yes, that but followed, that technically that also fall under there. And so Steam's thing, the Steam's thing the whole time has been, because we, we saw this with like, with- It's a very libertarian approach, right? It's like- Yeah, it's very, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's Don't meddle, just let people do what they're going to do. Yeah, and the idea is like, they're, they're like, we'll let people give refunds and we'll have ways to like suppress the game on the store so that people just have to look for it on purpose. And and like, that's been there, which I'm not saying is necessarily like the right move, right? But, but this is consistent. One, I mean. Or the wrong one, yeah. This is consistent though, is what I would say with- Steam's whole approach, which is a very let the consumer decide approach, mm-hmm. right? With, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to wonder because, like, one of the, the huge components of the reaction to this game is the fact that a few two days after launch, this they announced they were shutting down the studio, right? Yeah. But up until that point, it's very much a no man's sky situation. The game is not as advertised, mm-hmm. right? And that is that is the crux of the problem, and they didn't kick out No Man's Sky. The difference is that the developers of No Man's Sky were like, "Yeah, that's true." They put their money where their mouth is. Keep working on it. We'll we'll keep trying to figure out how to get it to the point. I think they announced a new game, actually, didn't they? They did. They did, and it looks great. Looks cool. But I mean, so did No Man's Sky. Who the fuck knows? (laughs) Does it play great? Uh, I feel like they have to. If they didn't learn their fucking lesson the first time, and they do it again, although I guess what they also learned is they can get away with it. Well, this is. I mean, we we have this conversation a ton of times in the past as well, which is like, there's a certain amount of time it takes to make a game and you can launch it at the end of that timeline or you can launch it in the middle. Mm-hmm. And No Man's Sky launched in the middle. They weren't done working on the game. They still had four more years of work to do. Yep. They mm-hmm. just they just didn't think they did, right? But like yep. for us, when we launched Crashlands, we had another year left of development. We didn't realize it, you know? Mm-hmm. So we launched it in January, 2016. And then we worked on it for a whole extra year. And then we would have support and all if it completely <laughs> flopped, you know? Yes. Like we would have, that would have been. Yeah, which that's the benefit of launching in the middle of development, yeah, which is that MVP like- MVP approach, right? The problem is like certain things don't work well for MVP styles, yeah. right? The you, have, you actually haven't hit the, the M yeah, part. Yeah, exactly, you know? right. right. Or you haven't yeah, hit the not, you haven't hit the V part. You know? You're on an MVP, a non-viable product, you <laughs> yes, know. Right. Uh, yeah, so you got to transition from the MVP to the MVP, and like in so in the case of the day before, like to me, like looking at this up to the point where they announced that they were going to shut down the studio, I was like, this is just another No Man's Sky situation. But then at that point, then it's like, oh no, they're literally just saying, yeah, fuck everybody. We're just 
we're just gonna cut and run. See ya. <laughs> well, that's just wild. And now me, suddenly like, it's different. Because yeah, the principal they walked away with a few million bucks. They definitely did. So like, oh, is, yeah. isn't it the case that they because they would it sounds like basically dissolve the legal entity that made the game and like yada yep. yada yada. So it's like Yep, who do you sue? And also yeah, who, who who does the suing? Because like if if you've got all these people who spent like twenty or thirty bucks on this game, like nobody's gonna get a lawyer and like you'd have to do a class action suit. And mm-hmm. class action suits are only good for the lawyer. Yeah. Like yeah. they take thirty five percent or whatever the fuck. And then yeah, ultimately it'd be like years would go by but I think and they the would try fact, to get the money. The know. fact that there's like no damage done to you and Steam lets you get a refund, right? Uh means also it would be really hard to argue that like you should have just gotten a refund if you wanted your money back. Yeah, right? it's, like that's the, it's really easy to say, like, well, you kind of just did this to yourself, and you could have fixed the problem yourself, you know. And yeah. so, and like, and like, Steam has a has a potentially has a case, except like, what would their case be? Like, these people made a game so shitty that we had to process a lot of refunds. Like, and we made millions no, of dollars off it. Nobody has a legal yeah. obligation to make a game that isn't so shitty. That's what I'm saying. Though. Steam like, has I, think, <laughs> I think yes, it's the case that Steam offers refunds. And in a variety of ways, they're kind of like, let let the players decide thing is, you know, frankly, it can be very good, but it's like, or at least it provides the reality for them of like not having to bother trying to figure out what is a, an unsolvable problem, a cursed problem. Yeah. Which and I is, think to them, that's like, that's worth having these I, things and I get it. Yeah. periodically. I yeah. get that. Sure. But it's like, um, yeah, we get it. We get a black eye now and then because something very unfortunate happens, you know, but but that's this the worst price one. of freedom. This is definitely yeah. the worst one I've seen, though, because like most of the time, the dev team is like you said with, with No Man's Sky. The vast majority of times you've seen a game like blow up that wasn't actually good. You don't see the team. The team doesn't fucking dissolve the studio and disappear into the mist. Like this is no. a different kind of a thing. You know what I mean? That's just yeah. There's a there's a, a humbling thing <laughs> that happens where like probably leading up to the launch, a lot of people be like, it'll probably be fine. You know, oh, people sure won't notice or like, oh well, you know, it's 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 probably very rarely internally framed as. We're about to get away with a real good scam. Yeah, you know, I don't believe like, for a second if you're looking at like the, the Sean Murray guy from Hello Games who always was talking up my man's guy. I don't believe for a second that he was trying to scam people. I all. believe that he believed yeah, what, he was what his what his game was going to be and what his team was was capable of. Or right. or, or even just people never, would understand his hyperbole, you know? Which right. is also a thing. Kind of like kind of like, like Google's fucking AI demo, right? Where exactly. They're like, they're like yeah, people are gay. It's not like real, it's fine. We're doing yeah. this knowingly. We're like know? they yeah. literally just lied, but I can see how the people involved Honestly, didn't think that's what they were doing. They honestly thought they were putting totally. together like they were like, we just want this video to be snappier. This, yeah, this like know? aspirational kind of snappy video demoing the idea, the vibe, mm-hmm. right, of what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah, and that, like we've always talked about with marketing, like marketing is all lies because you have to you're you're manufacturing an artificial uh, representation of the thing that you're you're making to sort of like boil it down to the essence, yeah. which. Is a lie. It's it, it can be a good lie or it can be What's a saying, misleading I, I bad lie. Right? Again, I, I don't think it's a lie by default. I think it's again, it's lossy. It's not a lie. It's just lossy. No, that's that's I what I mean. Is that is that it's it not? It can be a different shape. It can be. It can essentially become a lie by by in the effect of compressing the message down. You're not actually communicating what the thing is that you started with, right? Uh, yeah, that's you're, you're communicating it. something else, right? It's, it's just something else entirely, yeah. Yeah, and there's things you can do, like, for example, on a trailer, you'd be like, not actual gameplay footage. Easy peasy, just put that fucking mm-hmm. thing down at the bottom. You know, like, if Google had just put a little thing down, it's like, not, not actual, time. not real-time footage, this yeah. is edited, right? If they just put that there, then people would be like, oh, how is it edited? And then they would look at me like, oh, yeah, that's what I figured, right? But instead, it's like, there was no, no <laughs> disclaimer. It looked like that was what it was doing. It wasn't doing that, right? Yeah. So... 
uh, but that, but again, it's like that's to me. That's the, the the whole thing about this is so weird because it's not because it's not even that it just is obviously a scam either, right? Because right. the end result is basically a scam, right? That's basically what happened, right? But looking through the history of the things that happened, all that kind of stuff, it's like the most weirdly performed scam, you know? Like if you were trying to do a scam on purpose, you could have done it so much better, you know? And yeah, seriously. Right. So like, so that's what I can't like, is it just a poorly done scam? But that's still, you know, cause poorly done scams can still be pretty Absolutely. lucrative. Right. Is it just like a poorly done scam? That's why it's so weird. Or is it like just a poorly done game? Or was it just weird? Or was it just, well, it was just weird. You know, where the end result, cause like the fact is like those developers were incapable of making the game that they were trying to sell. They, they were, it was not possible. Right. But they uh, sold it on accident. But they still, but they still thought they could. So, because part of the thing that could have happened here is that once it actually was in the public's hands, and they got that overwhelmingly negative, like this is bad. This was not even close <laughs> to what <laughs> we're supposed promised. to have here. And the and the dev team is like looking at that outcome, and they're like, "We can't no man's sky this, right?" Mm-hmm. Like they're just like the, the, then what do you do? Kinda, right? Reality like, kind of hit them. Yeah, I can see how yeah. there I'd be like, oh, but this this was like that's one of those like pull the plug. Yeah, yeah that's one of those big mistakes that's so big that you can't actually recover from. So yeah, I get that. So that so that pulling the plug actually isn't a bad move, right? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, to me, that's the, that, I, that's the thing. The story is just so interesting because it's not just a scam. Well, it's right, not right. just a badly done game. It's some unknown. It's fucking weird. Talk about it. <laughs> not, I, I really want to hear. Like so far, uh, the articles I read about it didn't all, all had that same kind of degree of like. Mostly, we're confused, right? Yeah, what is <laughs> happening? And like, yeah, why what? did everybody buy this game? Yeah, why I really hope we get so to weird? see at some point. There's some more of like a deep dive like yeah like i want to see an h bomber guy video about oh, yeah. this game okay let me ask you this let me ask you this mm-hmm. have you guys ever this this has happened to me a handful of times when when gaming is especially like if i'm playing an mmo or a game that has like several hotkeys or abilities or something you'll make a mistake right and you'll hit the wrong button mm-hmm. right which which makes things worse uh then in your panic there's like a, there's a lot of other buttons you could be hitting to you know remedy the situation or like do I, the I next right thing, the but there's probably like one button that if you hit that button it would definitely That's just make everything even worse yeah. mm-hmm. and you will panic and you're like and you fumble and you hit that button mm-hmm. right and that chain can actually continue for quite some time <laughs> <laughs> where where you just keep doing if you just stopped if you just stopped doing things for a second. Everything would be okay, but in your panic, you keep hitting buttons and keep doing the wrong yeah. shit. You're kind of describing Google's though. approach to AI. Yeah, yeah. I think what's shocking, though, is that usually, usually, the panicked flailing doesn't result in you making $8 million. <laughs> 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 Well, the thing That's is, what's so, yeah. so weird about it. Well, like, certainly what? in games. We in haven't games been able to achieve that, that even on like in a deliberate, focused, concentrated yeah. fashion. Yeah. Our know? precision flailing hasn't done. That's crazy, you know? Yeah, we need to start flailing more. I, I guess our next title needs to be a zombie shooter. I think maybe it's yep. the takeaway here. Mm-hmm. The takeaway yeah, is that I, despite there being infinite zombie shooters that are all basically the same game, still not enough. Mm-hmm. There's still room. Still room. That's not what this proved to me. I mean, if, hey, if you're another game that wanted to think about competing it's daisy or rust and we're like we can't compete there's no reason to do it look at this look yeah. at this fucking game you Turns can prepare you can. just do whatever you want yeah <laughs> i bet there's gonna be a huge zombie shooter now coming out in the oh there will bit. yeah there will be because it's just we'll proves that there's a market for it people, oh yeah Ooh, mmo post-apocalyptic zombie shoot was not mind if i do you know we'll just take oh, that. Remember, guys remember when we played uh the division oh yeah, yeah. Oh, remember gee. that yep 
Wasn't that kind was that of di- what that was? Was it OG or was that Division there were zombies. 2? No, there were there were looters. You just shot people. You just oh, killed looters. people. Yeah. 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 You were you've been, been activated to go clean up the streets and yeah, just you're mow down playing, looters. Yeah, you're just playing as fascists, you know, killing killing <laughs> yeah, looters. It didn't, yeah, it uh, didn't feel particularly good. Uh, yeah, as one, we yeah, we all we were like, oh, people are like really liking this game. And we the three of us booted it up to play it and we were like, this is are we dark. the baddies? Yeah, we're like, the go to the baddies? grocery store. And then we, as we kept going, like, we kept going to higher and higher missions, and it was just the same looters. They just had more health, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I remember- well, and eventually they had flamethrowers and stuff, and I was like, okay, now this feels like- By the other hand, if <laughs> if I was in a collapsing city and, like, the only way to survive was looting, and then the, like, randos came in and were just shooting me, that's like, I'd equip myself with a flamethrower. Oh, yeah. Probably, uh, if, you were, if you're looting and you come across a flamethrower, you're looting that flamethrower. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, as well as the there. full set of body armor, tanks, et cetera, you yeah. know, just. Yeah. I mean, you're getting all these missions in that game where it's like, go to the go to the children's daycare. Clean out the riffraff, and you're like, clean, clean out those looters. And then you see a bunch of children <laughs> running out with looter over blocks. their head. <laughs> Quit looting. Quit looting those blocks. Yeah. It was Stop like, resisting. It's a little children. uncomfortable. We couldn't play more. Yeah, we didn't like that. We didn't like that game. I would prefer to shoot I mean, aliens I mean, or zombies, you know? Yeah, give me I, aliens I would, and zombies. That's what, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I want. I would say, though. The division nailed it. As a as a fascism <laughs> simulator. Yeah. Like, as a fascist police. Nail, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah, on the nail whiff spectrum, they nailed it. Definitely not my kind of game, mm-hmm. but if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, a really good demonstration of how you can exacerbate a situation by applying uh, police yeah. violence, right? That's yeah. true, actually. Yeah, because yeah. as you go, the, the threats get more and more intense, which really— yeah. And so you just keep matching them. So yeah, would they have gotten more intense if you had just not started shooting Again, people? it goes back to, what if you just didn't hit any buttons and just wait and just let things kind of yeah. settle out? You know, mm-hmm. stop panicking, stop killing everybody. Just be— <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, well, we'll see how this story shakes out in the coming weeks. Yeah, I really uh, like. I just, I, I want a Netflix documentary. I want, I want something deep to so just go into this because yeah. it's. Well, we know people there now, so we can maybe, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. make a request. Yeah, yeah. Be like, hey, you guys, look into this. <laughs> somebody get it on. They're doing weird documentaries about really weird niche stuff, you know, like good, yeah. good ones. This you know, is going to be a good one. Yeah. Let's see what let's see what it is. Uh, well, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Sampa Costa, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, you can just go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the community Discord, a way for you to donate to support the podcast, and links to the podcast archives. So you can go back and listen to all... Four hundred and every time we say the number now, I'm just like a little. It's getting big. It's, getting <laughs> it's been big for a while, but I don't know, man. Well, season two is coming. <laughs> just wait. We're almost wrapping up with season one. So, uh, anyways, and as always, uh, head on over to Steam if you haven't already. Give Crashes to a wish list. It is not a scam. It will exist. Yep. It, you will be able to play it, and it will be good. So. <laughs> Uh, it will be as a, advertised. It will be as advertised. Actually, no, uh, it'll be better than advertised. There you go. It's lossy. That's you know? true. We we actually, yeah. that is a challenge. We have a hard time capturing, you know, all the great stuff in the game. We can't, in a short we can't trailer, make you know? it look better via marketing. It's not even possible. It's just so Yeah, good. it will only look better than the marketing, yeah. mm-hmm. period, right? So definitely get over to Steam. Uh, give crashes to a wish list. It helps boost on the algorithms and the charts, you know, all that stuff, and we'd appreciate it. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.